thanks for joining us again. Um, I thought we were a little bit stingy in the last episode, Jared. Um, 35 minutes. I mean, it wasn't the Lord Mayor Band, so there was pretty much fuck all to talk about. Um, <laughs> but we thought we'd throw in another quick episode, obviously um, based around Mr. Stephen King. We'll do a quick run-through of our favourite, five favourite and least favourite King adaptions. Now, Jared, you, like me, would have done some... I wouldn't call it exhaustive research, but you would have had a look. Yeah. Scanned one to two lists. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I had, a, I had a bit of a look around. I had a, had a look around, um, which was good because it reminded me of a couple that, that uh, not that I'd forgotten about, but, there's you know, there's a bit of recency bias and there's, there still is on my list. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, just to... Just a reminder, a refresher on a couple of things that ended up in there. Oh, it's a fair reminder on the bloke's output, too. I mean, I, I did a the, the, the key one I looked at was from Consequences Consequence of Sound, which was 80, mm-hmm. 80 of his titles ranked. Yeah, and that's a that's which was a, a good that's list. Probably not actually exhaustive, fully exhaustive either. No, well, they included um, short stories that had ended up on mm-hmm. on. The Twilight Zone and Creepshow and things like that as well, which was which was good, good to check out. Yeah, so they tried to go as as far as they possibly could, but I suggest there's probably a few other little ones that were missed. Yeah, in all that. So I also um I also dug into a um a list from a couple of years ago on bloody disgusting that was ten ten King stories that may be too weird for an adaptation, and. Obviously, you know, in the current climate, we're getting <laughs> we're getting some of them. <laughs> yeah. So the long the long walk was on there. I'd love that. Obviously, that was... that's you know, yeah, I love that one too. But that's that's in a um, obviously in a production. Grey Matter was on there, which has been done in yeah. Creepshow now. Also, Survivor Type was on there. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> out of their ten, three of them have already already been done. So yeah, yeah, they're doing well. The long walk would be the one that I'd love to see. Uh, yeah, I'm hanging out for that. That might actually be my favourite yeah. book. And then I would also love to see um, The Jaunt, which is out mm. of Skeleton Crew, I think, which is one yep. of his short stories, which is excellent. Um, as far as his major properties go or his big novels, I mean, what hasn't been done? <laughs> well, it's pretty much once he writes it, you know it's going to be on the screen within a couple of years. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're Stephen, you buy back all your all the rights to all your shit and do them again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever you feel like. It. All right, let's kick it off. Um, let's kick it off at the bottom of the table to start with. Uh, it's no surprise, Jared, that um, our last episode gets a, a run here for me as the worst, the fifth worst adaption. The reason why it's at fifth for me is it's essentially not a king. Not really a king property, the lawnmower man. Mm. It's just the name yeah. of it that um, ended up being used. Oh, I mean, yep. unless there was some stuff. I mean, look, I haven't read the the, the eight page short story that you <laughs> advised me it was in years and years and years. So I don't actually know what it was about. I don't think Stephen does either. <laughs> if you pressed him hard on it, I'd suggest he doesn't remember what it was about. But I had to put it in there. 
just because yeah. so, there was so much shit around what had happened. And I actually, when I when I got the trailer for the episode that we did last week, it had still had his name on it, mm. which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, it must have been uh, must have been taken off after it went through cinemas. Yeah, yeah, it was later in the process because, as I said, the, 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 it got to it got to video stores with his name on it. What are you doing, Stephen? Just fucking let that <laughs> that ride, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you, 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 you yeah, because was- I mean, it's, essentially, it was it was literally the the company had rights to some smaller Stephen King stuff, and they got a script called Cyber God, and fucking slapped the name on it. <laughs> but you know what, though, but that tells you how bad the film was. It was. It had yeah. been through theaters, and Stephen kind of he he'd been fuming about it for months. <laughs> then he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck this! I'm, I'm getting my name taken off this thing." <laughs> that shows you where it was at. Yeah, disaster. I think so. Mm. Look, it's at five just because it has such a painful sort of history, and all relates to something that Stephen King wrote. But I yeah. had it lower down the list because of that. Now, what right. did you have at number five, Jared? I actually had the Carrie remake. Oh. The one that, the, the latest one. Oh. Look, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but um, it was just very, obviously there's there's one there that's better. And it was very, I just felt it was a real missed opportunity to, to brush up something that, that he had done previously. And it was just very, I felt it was a very uninspired bit of work. Yeah. So I snuck it in at number five. Here's where some of the recent advice comes in. So, I didn't yeah. even think about that one. I was, I actually was thinking about the one they did for television. Yeah, which, which was also not much good. If I I've heard that's probably. yeah, not great. I haven't actually watched that one. I've seen I've seen a couple of minutes of it. Well, from what I heard, it was actually used as like a, they were trying to use it as like a pilot, a, 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 an opening um, story for a pilot. For a pilot yeah, it was. of Carrie being and sort it didn't of, work out. Yeah, it didn't work out. So she was basically going to be on the run, telekinetic power of the week. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing sounds bloody ludicrous. But you know, I I did see that one, and it was not good. But I agree. No. I would agree with you on the, the the newer remake. The only good thing for me, the only really good part of it. Slight, and perhaps I'm, maybe I'd be raked over the coals a little bit for saying it was better, but it was on par. Was I thought Julianne Moore was really good, but other than that, mm. but see, even then, even with the over the top performance of her mother in the original, that's got its own charm. Like yes. some people love that. Yeah, yeah. So even then, you get it. You get probably a better acting performance in the second one. Yeah, but it's nowhere near as memorable. Somewhat forgettable in comparison. Maybe the 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 problem with the remake was it's just kind of like a little bit too. They didn't try and look for 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 enough sort of angles with it and take it somewhere else. They they sort of spoke about when they were making it. Oh, we're going back to the book, but mm. it felt like they just went to the movie, the original movie, yeah. and then just did it again, but did it kind of a bit lackluster. Yeah. It had a shitload of talent behind it, which was interesting, but it didn't really work. Okay, let's 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 mix it up a little bit. We'll go we'll go bad to good, bad to good, bad to good. All right. 
Right. My number five best, if I put the two of them together, they probably wouldn't make the top five, but my number five best King Adaption is It Chapter One, Mm. which I just thought was fantastic. I think they kind of found the right sort of the sense of wonder and the scares and all that sort of stuff that was in the novel in that first half and all that stuff about the yeah. Losers Club and that, I think they kind of got it pretty right. And having more money and, and, and being able to use Pennywise more can sometimes be to a detriment to perhaps the, the first, like, you know, the one from 1990, but in this case it worked. So I appreciated what they did here, and I think they did a really, really good job. Second part, not so much, but yeah, I I had to separate them as well. Yeah, I just I, I just felt the second part. You put them together, it kind of drags things down. Yeah, definitely. But de- but definitely um, one of the better adaptions, um, and mm. certainly in the last few years. Right. I'm actually uh, a little bit surprised it wasn't higher. Yeah, well, I've got one in there that's a nostalgia, one that I personally love that most people wouldn't have in there. Well, that's good because I'll be able to I'll be able to Should rag be. on you a little bit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number five? Um, okay, well, this one might be the one that uh, that I cop a little bit of stick for, but it's one of the more recent ones that I've watched. But The Outsider. Mm, yes, I've heard a lot of good things. I have not seen it. Yeah, well, uh, so I read the book um, not long before I watched the show for this one. I read the book fairly soon after it came out, and I quite enjoyed the book. But then the TV show, I felt possibly even better. I mean, I think I said that at the time. I just thought there were some really good acting performances, a couple of the roles that were not huge in the book ended up being quite good on screen. Mm. I think really it was just the fact that you had so much talent on screen. Mm. Um, even even having Jason Bateman in there for a handful of episodes, I just loved it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't feel there was a, a significant dip in the episodes. I felt it held pretty strong for the, for the 10 episodes. Now, when they're talking another season, I don't know where that's going to come from, but yeah, I think um, if you haven't checked that one out, that's definitely one that's on my list. And it's pipped a, quite a few big big name entries for me. Yeah. That would were just hanging around. You know, there was a lot of shifting. There was a lot of shuffling of my five. I did a little bit of shuffling, brief shuffling, but I was pretty set on what I had. I have not seen The Outsider and I will have to get to it. Once we've run through our list, we might do a little bit of an honourable mentions type of thing few that were close but not quite there but that's a pretty good choice especially from what i've heard around the traps with regards to it and as far as the second season is concerned Stephen doesn't care what it's about (laughs) no that's right (laughs) how much am i getting uh how much am i getting per episode (laughs) i can shuffle a couple of ideas your way on a napkin or something like just go through my old books, mate. <laughs> you'll, you'll find something in there. Yeah, yeah. Look, the lawnmower man hasn't been used. The title has, but fuck, if you're going to slap the outsider on it, you can use that for an episode. <laughs> All right, my number four least favourite, and I, 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 I was fucking hanging for this when it, when it was. I saw it was going to come out because I loved the book. I thought the book was absolutely fantastic. But then when the 
TV show arrived, it was less than stellar, and that is Under the Dome. Hmm. The book was great. It was one of those ones where, you know, it's classic King create this admittedly ludicrous premise, right, the town being sort of separated by this dome, but then create all these monsters within, you know, all these people jockeying to be in charge and everything, and it's just just classic Stephen King stuff. The TV show, on the other hand, was cheap. It used ideas to start with from the book and then just started, you know, it became very much like problem of the week that we need to work out and then it was kind of like there's always in the background we'll give you a clue to why what's going on but it just went on and on and on and it just was pretty pretty poor so Mm. i think i stuck with it for a season and then kind of just that was it cut it loose how many seasons did it go i think it went three Shit. Shit. The only person who's happy about that is Stephen King. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, what was the third episode? Well, the fact that the bug loves money, but <laughs> he does. Well, Pete, I can only imagine by season three it would be like the fucking end of the Simpsons movie where people are just bloody banging on the outside of the dome yeah. <laughs> and let us out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't it, was, know. It, just, it just didn't have enough to sort of – remember I talked about the Mist TV series? Yeah. The same yep. for the same problem applied. The movie version did it in two hours. The did it, what in two hours the fucking TV show show couldn't do in ten episodes. And you know that if you can't if you you've got ten hours to work with and you can't make it that exciting, then you know you've got something wrong. Yeah. And under the dome seemed to have thirty hours. Went <laughs> 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 for three seasons, Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, maybe that was one that probably should have done a done a movie or a miniseries instead, perhaps. Yeah, I could have seen a miniseries because it's a pretty dense book. It's currently hmm. chocking up one of the doors around here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's yeah. a dense book and you it could have been... you, you got a car sitting up on top of yeah, a stack yeah. of Stephen King books. Yeah, it's currently chocking up one of my vehicles. But it was, it was just, it just didn't, it didn't know quite how to condense what was there into interesting stuff. So it's it's a, if, if you haven't seen it, I wouldn't seek it out. Yeah. All right, your number four, mate. My number four and... Worst. Probably a little bit harsh on, on <laughs> this in some ways because it is entertaining in its own in its own right, but maximum overdrive. <laughs> Look, there's, there's things to laugh at in the movie. I know there's some sort of... Some people in horror circles that absolutely love it. But in fairness, it's an absolute prick of a <laughs> prick of a story. <laughs> just and it's any entertainment value out of it is is purely because it's so bad. Yes. So and, I, and if Stephen knows that, then you know, <laughs> and has said it on on a number of occasions, then um, yeah, I think we should just accept that. I saw a quote from from him about it that said, "I was so coked out of my mind, I didn't know what I was doing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the one I remember, I think it was in On Writing. I can't remember, but I believe it was when I was reading On Writing was when he was talking about shit writing, and he goes, and as the, as the author and director of Maximum Overdrive, I'm qualified <laughs> to talk on the subject. 
Yeah, well, so, the average yeah. bloke has a giant coke bender and wakes up at home in his crackers on the floor. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> King has a coke bender and ends up fucking directing a film. <laughs> yeah, he has a coke bender and writes four books. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. Look, that's how prolific the man is. Even when he's on a bender, he's not taking a break. He's he's still working through it. Um. But, yeah, look, it is – you can go back to Maximum Overdrive and you can watch it again. It's not like – it's not – you just – you can't look at it. You have to dodge it. You can get a bit of, you know, you can have a so bad it's good experience with it. But she's pretty rough. And this is this is having not seen Trucks, which I have heard might be even worse. Really? Um, but I, I always dodge Trucks, so – Well, you know, yeah, it's, I, time I'll to, put, it's time to find Trucks and check it out. Yeah. We might maximum overdrive might be my placeholder for trucks in this in this <laughs> five worst list for the well, time being. I can tell the, the listeners out there that if we manage to locate trucks, it's getting an episode. <laughs> mm. It's probably on Tubi, Jared. Oh, Just a thought. I don't know. I don't even think they they'd go for it, would they? <laughs> All right, my number four as uh, uh, my 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 fourth favourite is. Stand by Me, mm-hmm. which I believe ended up as the number one on um, Consequence of Sound, which you yeah. know, I was a bit surprised by, but I wasn't unhappy about because I think it's a fantastic film. It's really, really well directed. It's got great performances from the young kids. The story is just this is one thing that King does really, really well is he's he's got the horror aspects of his work but then his ability to create the um, coming-of-age stuff is just it's second to none. It's in a hell of a lot of his work, and it's, he does it really, really well. And in this case, it is just put on screen so, so well. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite a sad film, too, at the end, but it's also a really, really, um, a really solid piece of work, and I really love it. So it's a, it's a personal favourite. Watch it any time. Mm-hmm. Right. What about you? Good choice. I've actually uh, I've got one that I turned around on a little bit. Mm. So I'm chucking in uh, the original Pet Cemetery at number four. Oh. I think when we did an episode, I probably had a few laughs at it and took the piss <laughs> out of it a little bit. But the more I watch it, the more I like it. And I've read the book since. Yeah. I've, I've gone back to the book and read it in between the new, new um, movie. So, I've yeah, I've actually maybe it's maybe it's some things that I take from the book that I attach to the movie now. Maybe it's some of the sort of bonkers elements that are that are quite entertaining in the movie. But the story in general just is one that I I can't sort of get away from. I keep yeah. kind of going back to. I feel like it's it's uh, more resonant now when you've got kids. Obviously, it changes your whole perspective on the thing and makes the whole situation much scarier and sadder in the movie. But, yeah, I had a real turn on it. And I, I I was actually going to go back and listen to what I had to say in the episode not that long ago just to see how much I actually had shifted on it. But, yeah, that's that's going to sneak in at number four for me and has bumped a couple that I had loved and championed for quite some time. So, um, so does, yeah, it's it's number four, number four with a bullet it for Pet Cemetery. Uh, it's not in there. It's not, but it's how not, did you it's feel about it? Mentions. It's good. It's good, but I would say it's more. It's probably upper tier King adaptations, but but 
but um, behind quite a few of them. Yes, I would agree. I would have it sort of. No, it's not middle of the pack. It's a little bit above that. It's 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 still one. I feel like it's one of the better ones. I would say it's one of the better ones. But um, I think on balance, I think the original's better. Looking at it with a bit of time between the viewings, I think the shift that they made, <clears throat> the big spoiler, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but yeah. the spoiler <clears throat> of changing the kids, it, I don't think it worked out quite so well. When I look at it now, I, I, there was things I liked about it at the time, but I feel like it doesn't work as well as the original, and it was a move that they made just to kind of to, to, to have a point of difference. Yeah. And so yeah, the ending the ending as well was a bit of a bit of a you know, a twist on on what you expected, which again was an interesting experience to have. We're watching it in the cinema, seeing seeing a completely different take on the ending. Mm. It's hard to put it ahead of the the original. And again, I think I've tied some of the things that I enjoyed from the book to the original now because it's the closer closer adaptation. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I felt a little bit the same way about the um the remake. I think it had some good things going for it, but it also did some things that I thought wasn't weren't quite as successful as I think they were hoping. Yes, yeah. in a sense of trying to separate it, and I give them some credit for at least trying to separate it. Yeah, something, and I loved some things about it, like Jason Clark and John Lithgow. I think are two very, very good actors, and I was really happy to see them in the roles. Yeah, and there was less of a there's less of a kind of over the top like the original. You get some comedic moments out of almost because of some of it's so. Balls to the wall in in certain areas, and the remake didn't have that. I think the remake was going for a more straight faced approach. Yeah, and, and although it succeeds in some ways, it doesn't in others. No, that's right. I mean, the bonkers qualities, things like Zelda. Uh, fuck, that still scares me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's haunted me for a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right. Into into my third worst. Uh, it's a little little, probably not very well known, I believe. But um, Graveyard Shift. It's one of Stephen's short stories about mm-hmm. an exterminating crew trying to just kill a giant rat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a shocker. It's a steamer. <laughs> uh, the only good thing about it, I think Brad Dariff is in it. And he's always good. But other than that, I mean, if I remember correctly, the rat ends up caught in, like, dies in the gears of a combine harvester or something. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what happens, but, oh, holy Well, at least shit. you know what a combine harvester's called now, Adam. Yeah. That's a learning <laughs> experience that we've had since. Yes, we have had since. Absolutely <laughs> terrible, this film. Terrible. I think it might have made a yep. bit of money, too. I don't know how, why, but mm. it, it made some money. That name, Adam. Yes, I think. Stephen King's Graveyard Shift. It, it, was, it was floating <laughs> around that period. Remember, yeah, he has these renaissances. He had his yeah. 90s period or late 80s, early 90s where everything he, was, he had was being made and then he went quiet for a long time and now he's back, you know, and the renaissance yeah. of King is back and has been for the last, you know, 10 years or something. But yeah. Um, it was during that Renaissance period where this sort of shite was getting put in cinemas and people, yeah. people were forking out hard-earned dollars. Well, look at, you know, look at currently, if you said to me, oh, Stephen King's 
you didn't even finish the title. I've already jumped online to book tickets to the movie. It's Stephen <laughs> King's. Stephen King's what? I've already purchased my tickets, but what is it? <laughs> yeah, what's it about? I don't know. I think a giant rat goes through a cardboard and <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I may be wrong. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like it's just it is, the, it is the sort of the nadir of that period. I think it might have been. Um, there's one. There's only one worse for me, and it was during a similar period, and it is probably the worst. It is the worst one on my list. Hmm. All right. Well, number three worst for me, Secret Window. Oh, that could have been good too. Yeah, and I think there's 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 some sections that still sort of like this one. But I remember, so I think I I may have caught it twice. Either that, I definitely caught it at a movie marathon. So I think if I caught it twice, it was because I selected the movie marathon with that in it because the other two movies were what I wanted to see. Yeah, I don't know whether it was at the, at the time that I watched it or, it, like, it, it just felt so flat and so dull the whole way through. And I think even then when I was, I think I was probably about early 20s maybe, maybe even less than that. But even then I was feeling like the whole time we were onto the twist. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have fond memories of this one at all. It's probably not when you look at the whole range of what Stephen King's had put on screen. It's probably not the worst. This is where what you're talking about the personal personal feelings yeah. probably come in. I just found it completely dull, and I've still got those feelings about it. I haven't watched it since, and I've got no plans to. <laughs> well, me, I watched it once and basically immediately forgot it. Yeah, like, same. I can't really tell you the, the the full ins and outs of it. I don't really remember much about it. I do remember it being pretty boring. Uh, I think it was meant to be a thriller, but it was a little light on in the thrills department <laughs> for yep. me. And Johnny Depp, he seemed to be sleepwalking. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, that's probably a fair a fair summary of it. I mean, I, I looked at the when 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 I was looking through some of those lists. This is this will tell you a little bit about my recollections of it. They mentioned John John Chaturo was in it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I'd fucking forgotten he was in it. So. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, say what you want about Deb, but he usually used to bring something to the table. You know, like he'd bring something quirky or something to the table. In his performance, and he just basically—I mean, it's almost as if he couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> I can only assume he got well paid to stand around and do nothing. Yeah, and I think this was—I mean, there'd been King properties that weren't so well known that was that were done before, but this is where it really started to kick off. Like, where you get a movie like this, and you think, what? But I've never really even come across the story. Yeah. Like, they were just mining so many things, and then you get a feature film in cinemas on a Stephen King story that not many people really knew about or had a, had a huge fondness for. It, that's, this is where it was starting to creep into into well, overdrive that you would... Obviously, you know, you, you get situations like The Lawnmower Man had happened prior where his name was used to sell it, but, yeah, it, it was really... Ramping up where but this it didn't the, really matter what it was as long as it had his name on it. Yeah, the difference between this one and, and such schlock as Graveyard Shift and Lawnmower Man and some of that sort of pulp 
was that they were they were B movies. They were just shit that was getting ripped out and then thrown in the cinemas because Stephen King had a name. This was yeah, actually a property you, that had some money behind it and had some talent, like big actors, big yeah. name actors, and, and a director who had made some reasonable films. So it wasn't like it was probably one of the first ones, exactly as you're saying, where it attracted high-profile people, but it wasn't really anything to get to write home about, you know? It wasn't one of his big stories that people would have been attracted to. I mean, no. even something like The Dark Tower, which I heard is just crap, but yeah, that, was a, that, that, that attracted those actors because it was considered a property that people wanted to be involved with. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's it's considered classic King, that the Dark Tower stories. Me, personally, I'm not really interested in the Dark Tower. Because like, it's more I'm, fantasy, I'm, isn't it? Yeah, I'm more interested in and And, honestly, the commitment of trying to plough through seven or eight books or whatever <laughs> of, that, <laughs> of that thickness, I'm just like, I don't know if I could do that now, Stephen. I might have to wait till I retire <laughs> before I try to take that on. Um, but, yeah, what I've heard about it just doesn't grab me as much. Yeah. I prefer his sort of the, the, the more self-contained sort of horror ones, not the sprawling the, the sprawling fantasy sort of stuff that the Dark world, uh, the dark Tower sounds like. Yeah. I do love the, the connections between all his work, and it seems like that's a big part of that, um, the, the Stephen King universe sort of set up. But, uh, yeah, not really interested. No. I haven't even, I haven't even bloody... Bothered with the movie yet? No, no, no. I haven't seen it either, and I won't be. The <laughs> well, <laughs> look, I won't say I won't be, but it just doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. Like I don't. Yeah, it might. Ha- it might happen. Even with the, the, the actors who are involved, who I, I like. Yeah, it just never sort of well, reached out to me at all. Well, that's right. If you you, you say Stephen King. Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey. That's just about stitched me up right yeah. there for a ticket. Then and then you said the Dark Tower, and, like, and I went, oh, this nah, is what it is. What <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> is Stephen back on the coke? I thought <laughs> briefly. Okay, on to the top number three favourite, and this is where I come in for my personal, this is personal favourite, is... The Storm of the Century, which was a TV miniseries in the yep. late 90s, written for TV by King um, himself. Yep. I just, it's, it's, it's got everything I love about Stephen King's work, the small town with the, the dark underbelly and the, you know, the stranger that appears and sort of shows everyone the, the darkness beneath and they have to fight it off. And for me... I thought it was um, it was really really well done on on a budget too. You know, you're talking about TV budget and you're trying to put this huge storm on screen and everything like that. And I think they did a really good job. I believe it's directed by Craig Baxley. Yeah, I think I think he did have some involvement. Nothing blows up in the film, so <laughs> he had become a restrained man by '98. The storm's not a flaming bloody <laughs> hurricane or something. No, it wasn't, but. I just really love it. I think it's one of it's, it's one of the I can I can watch it repeatedly and it goes for four hours. Hmm. So I, I it's it's something I try and watch every couple of years. Right. Just because I really really like it. Look, 
it has its warts. I'm not saying it doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. It leans fairly heavily on religious motifs and things like that. But overall, it works um, in the context of this type of stories that Stephen King does where it encapsulates a lot of that into one one miniseries. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to kick you too hard for that one, but I'm going to say you're that? probably the only like, bloke that's got that in a top five. Um, yeah. I'd no, I haven't that. seen it. I haven't. <clears throat> Actually, have I seen it? I think, was it that or did I, uh, I can't remember whether I watched that or what was the other one? Um, Not the bloody um, Bag of Bones or whatever. No, Rose Red, was it? Rose Red. I watched one of the one of the miniseries and don't really remember much about it. I don't think it's Storm <laughs> of the Century. I don't think I have seen that one. Based on what you said about Pierce Brosnan. I mean, shit, you're asking, me to, you're, ask, you're asking me to delve through 80 bloody adaptations <laughs> and remember. <laughs> I, I mean, some of them I haven't seen. Some of them I have seen. I can't remember. <laughs> so, well, as I said, yeah. as I was trying to say there, mate, um, based on what you said about Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan's acting performance in The Lawnmower Man, I suggest you didn't see Bag of Bones because you would have told me, what a shit of a performance Brosnan gave. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Brosnan. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still getting over that. <laughs> God. <sighs> don't, hang on to it. Don't, don't, don't hate the man forever. I mean, think of Final Score, his performance in Final Score. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that was a masterclass. <laughs> a good quasi-Russian accent or something's got going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, we love you, Pierce. Don't go well, changing, mate. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you might. <laughs> All right. Debatable. What's your, what's your number three favourite? My number three favourite is where It Chapter One comes in. Ah, yes. So, yeah, I think in terms of what's been put on screen of that particular property, part one of, of those those two films is the best of that and the miniseries. I think it just captures the children and the, the aspect of the, the, their relationships much better than any of the other ones do. It's creepy. As I've said before, I was a fan of, of Bill Skarsgård's performance. And I just felt like it was a really solid platform. One of the more enjoyable King movies that I'd, I'd seen in quite some time. And as we mentioned, now it's kind of sparked a whole new set of... It's, it's a whole another King renaissance. I mean, how many, how many authors have had multiple renaissances? Not many. <laughs> of, their, of, their, of their work on screen. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just... it's. Uh, I just think it is... One of the top-notch properties that he's got. I think it's one of the ones that people who read a lot of his work or watch a lot of the movies and really kind of get tied up in it have a fondness for as a, as a whole. And I think, yeah, for me, that was the peak of, of that yes, that character and that, that story. I would agree. Now, n- number two worst, Jared, Maximum Overdrive. Mm. <laughs> yes. Look, no matter how you slice maximum overdrive, it is not good stuff. It's no. badly directed, it's badly written. Even by King standards, it's not even a interesting premise. 
you know, the whole idea that they have a fucking, what is it, a black, and um, like a, an eclipse, solar eclipse. Yeah. And then every electronic device starts trying to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's probably not as... It's probably not as nuanced as Sober King has, has come up with for some of the same kind of stories. <laughs> no, and look, I, I must admit, Sober King, I miss... I Sometimes I do pine for coked out King, but, but when I see this, I, I, come, I sober up myself and realise, yeah, we don't need coked up King anymore. <laughs> We're moving this bullshit out. <laughs> we'll have another one of these soon. But yeah. even by entertainment standards, which I agree, it is entertaining in parts, just for the sheer lunacy of it. Like, I mean, I remember that sequence yeah, where for the wrong reason. kid gets fucking killed by flying coke cans coming out of him. Mm. And another guy gets run over by a steamroller. <laughs> yeah, it's a kid, isn't it? Yeah. The kid gets steamrolled. <laughs> Jesus Christ I'm going to have to watch this again I reckon we should do a double bill Maximum overdrive and trucks As a, as a yeah, real Head to head <laughs> Head to head yeah, what, Who comes out on What's top um, But overall The only good thing to come out of that entire Shambles <laughs> Is ACDC's Who made who <laughs> That's, that's yeah. it Yep. It's the only good thing to come out of it. And if you actually... I wonder if they... I wonder if they remember writing that. <laughs> if you actually look Possibly at the back not. Of Who Made Who, it's actually kind of... Um, I think it's only got a couple of new songs on it. Yeah. It's got things like um, You Shook Me All Night Long and mm-hmm. other songs off other albums. It's just Who Made Who and something else, I think, that's on it. So it's really a bit of a greatest hits or a small sort of you know, favourites album or something like that. But um, that's really the only good thing to come out of it, I would suggest. So, Stephen, Mm. steer clear of that shit in the future, please. (laughs) What's your number two least favourite? This is where it'll get interesting, Jared. Well, again, it's a personal personal disappointment. It's the Nightmares and Dreamscapes TV series. Ah, yes. Yeah. So I remember picking it up because I'd read a handful of the stories on there and quite enjoyed them. And from memory, one of them was translated fairly well. But I just remember watching certain episodes and just like sitting at the TV just thinking, what the fuck's going on? Like, what, what are we doing here? Um, and that was multiple, multiple episodes throughout the series where I was just watching it just completely... I was bloody shell shocked that there was just no excitement, there was no scares, there was no nothing. It's just that was an absolute... year, wasn't it? In Australia. Well, I think so. Yeah. We should be ashamed. Uh, a couple look, a couple of people could have could have snorted a couple of lines and we might have had some maximum overdrive style entertainment on screen at least, but it was just so so dull and so flat. I was just thoroughly disappointed. It was one of those things where, you know, we we had limited access to it to watch it here. Yeah. So when I got the DVD, I was kind of, I was really excited to check it out and I was just Less slapped back suits. down in, into, my, into my seat. And, because and, uh, if I remember correctly, Jared, the only good one was Battleground. Yes. Because the little toy soldiers dropped off at the hitman's house. Yeah. And that stuff I was, think that the, was, that uh, was actually not bad. 
Yeah. It's done with a bit of effort and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think it yep. had, was it William Hurt? William Hurt, Hurt was yeah, in. Yeah, was the, was the assassin. It's kind of yes. like they poured their money into that and then just sort of handed everyone a 50 on the way past and said, give me the rest of these. Yeah, here's your episode. Um, it had some quality in it, like that. The, who was in um, Omni's last case? Oh, it was, uh, yes. So you got decent actors. The one that I remember that just vividly being because Battleground was episode one, mm. I believe, and then I watched the one called Crouch End, and I just thought, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, who was in Crouch was, End? I wonder. <clears throat> I can't remember was who Tom was in it. <laughs> Was someone masquerading as Tom Berger? <laughs> oh, I can't even remember. Um, but the I just yeah, that, that, that... Tom Berger was in it. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been, yeah, that might have been. <laughs> but that, yeah, that particular episode, I just thought, nah, I'm out, <laughs> and I, they never won me back. Yeah, it was. I borrowed it off you. Funnily enough, I just had a. I just very quickly googled. Um, Screen rants, ranking each episode. Yeah. No surprise, Crouch End is dead, dead last. <laughs> um, so hang on, does it tell you who was in Crouch End? It says Claire Fulani and uh, oh. Ian Bailey. Oh, yes. Yeah, hang on, yeah. I do remember this. That was a, I borrowed that, that off was you. An absolute, yeah, that I was an absolute shocker. I borrowed the series yep. off you and was... We got through those two episodes. I think Battleground and Crouch End were one and two. Mm -hmm. I was just like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, talk about a (laughs) drop-off. I I remember saying to me and my wife, like, oh, yeah, we'll watch the rest of these uh, later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the artist formerly known as Tom Berenger was in episode four. (laughs) The road virus heads north. Oh, right. And if I recall, that was a prick of an episode too. It was ranked number four on this one. Yeah, okay. Because we said, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely watch those. And I took the DVD out, put it back in, closed the case, and threw it (laughs) threw it it in the the DVD box and just left it. (laughs) I never never saw the rest of it. Yeah, so either way, I can't kick it too hard. Yeah. All right. Number two favourite adaption. You know what? I would have... Um, I mean, I, you can't go past my number... In my book, you can't go past my number one, but this is very close in terms of how much I enjoy this movie and how often I can watch it, and that is Misery. Mm. It's just just fantastic and you know why they actually took the story and and they they brought it down a few notches they actually de-kinged it a little bit because king was running over people's heads with lawnmowers and fucking chopping feet off and stuff like this and is that like uh is that like how you de-bone a chicken you de-king an adaption by taking out all the shit <laughs> you do think you adapted by hollowing it out <laughs> starting from scratch. <laughs> no, the great part about it is it's a nice mix of both styles. E.g., yeah. it has those bits, those classic moments in it are from the book. Yep. But Goldman has nicely pared it down a little bit 
and made it more of a lean sort of thriller, but then throw in that moment of him being fucking hobbled, which is some of the scariest shit that King's adaptions have ever put on screen. Like, just that yeah. whole sequence where he realises he's about to be fucking... He's about to be hobbled. It's just horrifying. Mm. And the performances are absolutely fantastic. I mean, the sequence when he gets out of the room and he goes out exploring and then he hears her come back, it's fucking white-knuckle stuff, man. As yeah. he's busting his ass to get back and, you know, they're, they're cutting from him to her and it's great. It's really, really great yeah. stuff. Directed with real style too. With Panache? Panache. Unfortunately, Rob Ryder forgot what Panache was later on in his career. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has made some pure shit after this. Yeah. That was certainly one of the ones that was factoring in my five while I was doing some shuffling. Mm. So my number two, yeah. probably going to be a bit of a surprise to you, but it's it's the Shawshank. It's the Shawshank Ooh. Redemption number two. The Shank at two. Um, yeah. Look, it's a classic, no doubt. Absolutely brilliant movie. And it's one where it's the story was so good that they pretty much just took it straight to the page. Yeah. Straight from the page, I mean. Like, I remember, I recall very small differences, like things like the, um, if my memory serves, things like the hammer yeah, in the Bible, the Bible where the, the, the warden says salvation lies within. Yeah. That, like, I love that kind of line. Was, yeah, I think um, in the book there was three wardens. And they just destroyed there was, them into one. And they rolled them into one for <laughs> yeah. the movie, which I think was a very good choice. Yeah. And I also believe they don't, again, spoilers for, for a very old movie, but I don't believe they kill his cellmate either. I think he gets shipped off and takes a deal, which, again, I felt was the better move. Probably a little more unrealistic and takes a little bit more uh, to... to you got to cop a little bit more with that decision, but I felt in terms of what it meant for the man in the story, it was it was more wrenching and and sort of, you know just showed how desperate his situation was and whatever. But I just feel like, yeah, it's such a such a great story. Not only that, but they managed to get an absolutely stellar cast. Yes. I mean when you got when you got guys like Clancy Brown in minor roles, yeah. you're probably doing pretty well. So yeah. Number two. And I'm almost certain that'll be your top of your list, but I won't uh I'll I'll Don't wait to it. hear from you then. Um <laughs> Uh, so fun fact, though, people in the know have stated that Andy could not have possibly shifted his way through a sewer pipe like that. He would have died. <laughs> yes, yeah. Due to the methane levels in the shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have heard that as well. Um, <laughs> look, so look, that puts a little bit of a, you know, it rubs a little bit of shit into the, <laughs> into, the, into the stains on the, on the story. But... Uh, but that's all right. We can live with that. I, I was prepared to go with it. <laughs> I was never, yeah, I'm I was prepared to go with it. I mean, that sequence is, is uh, you know, you, you're just feeling all the emotions. You're not yes. smelling any, any <laughs> methane <laughs> in the air. You're so, not thinking about fucking brown trousers that went past him <laughs> that would have no, killed that's him. that's right. Yep. All right. Number one least favourite king. Worst king property in my mind that they've ever done. The Mangler. <laughs> Do you remember The Mangler, Jared? Now, I haven't seen The Mangler, Holy but I've heard you talk shit. Do talk yourself a favour and check it out. <laughs> I mean, you've described it as the cinematic equivalent of, of crawling through, you know, a 300-metre <laughs> pipe filled with shit and methane, so... <laughs> 
it is trash. Absolute trash. <laughs> and it's all about a... I believe it's a laundry press that's uh, haunted or something. Mangling people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, there's also a dishwasher that's... No, not a dishwasher, a, a washing machine that's also haunted or whatever. <laughs> Listen, this sounds like it's, it takes place in the same universe as Maximum Overdrive, but that, that can't be a good thing. <laughs> and also, mate, you know how I said that I was happy to hear that Robert England had a, a a recurring role in Stranger Things Seasons 4. Yeah. Well, if you watch this, <laughs> you will probably wish he did. <laughs> we'll petition to, to sack him? I'm going to start a fucking GoFundMe or whatever. <laughs> because his work in this is just horrifying. I mean, I would have swore he wasn't an actor. <laughs> He was oh, just found man. on the set, and they said, do you want to put on some... He's got this old age makeup on. Oh, my. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. Oh. It's directed by <laughs> Tobe Hooper, who, let's face it, Tobe Hooper went downhill after... I mean, in my estimation, he's only really got one good film in the canon, and that's... Um, oh, no, sorry, he's got two. He's got... Poltergeist... Texas Chainsaw. Oh, look, the Salem's Lot miniseries, I believe, is pretty good. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's good. But it is also um, word on the street that Poltergeist was directed by Steven Spielberg. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Although Spielberg, I think Spielberg himself has said that that's not the case, but he's also a very generous man. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> no, he, he doesn't need it on the resume. I mean, if his resume doesn't have Poltergeist, <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> he's okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he's just doing the right thing, palming off a yeah. few. I don't know, that was all Tobu bad, nothing to do with me. But yeah, the mangler is <laughs> It is just horrendous. Horrendous. And it is a short story, so it probably didn't really have ninety minutes in it. <laughs> so they filled yeah. it with bloody demented washing machines and all sorts of other weird bullshit. So <laughs> it, it, it was <laughs> The only good thing about it was it was pretty damn gory when someone went, <laughs> got, you know, permanent press. Through the <laughs> 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 oh, oh. It just sounds ridiculous. Look, I'm going to have to seek it out. <laughs> so I've got to have another look at it. It's just. Oh, yeah. God. Wow. Yeah, look, Robert England, like, his next. After watching, after the Mangler, his next job should have been Welcome to Dracula's House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you tell me he's not on stage. He's going to show you to his, show you to your table. <laughs> yeah. Get you a bottle of, you know, $10 wine. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but knowing oh, Robert, he'll say it in a really sort of Menacing format. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his old age makeup will probably look better than it did in the makeup. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Definitely seek it out, though, Jared. If you want to be a Stephen King completist, you probably have to watch the mangler. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, I'm now interested to hear what your number one is, least favourite. No, I don't think you're going to be interested <laughs> because we've, 
We've just spoken about it. It's the lawnmower man. Um, and I know I was. I nearly left it out because of the same reasons that you did. That it wasn't, you know, necessarily. Uh, it, it had basically had nothing to do with Stephen King's story, and he wanted his name removed from it. But I couldn't divorce it. It comes up on the lists. Yeah. And I think that almost is a reason for it to be lower. That they just took the title and nothing else. So. Yeah, I, I can't blame Stephen for this one entirely. He knew it was bad. Well, I blame yeah. him for letting someone buy his, the name of his story and not... <laughs> not yeah, but see, at this point, was it him or was it like... Um, was it when you just basically sold your rights to the stories? I think so. I, think so I, know, this is, I know this is all... I mean, I know this is all a, a big thing in comics and I think it is similar with... with Books now is I, I don't know the depths to which he actually had the the say on what he sold and and what he didn't. Right. So you're saying um, that the the publishing house might have sold his. Yeah, because I know like when you look at it's similar to the Friday the Thirteenth stuff, whether you were work for hire and things like that. I don't know enough about publishing and and what the authors get as to say whether when he submitted a book and they published it yeah it was a Stephen King book but was it owned by the publisher and did they sell the rights and he got he got cuts or no. I'm not entirely sure I mean yeah if it was him then yeah we'll 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 throw throw a little bit more shit his way for selling selling the story but I mean once he does that so you'll- he's he's got no he's got no say over whether that studio just says, yeah, we'll call it the lawnmower man and yeah, have, he's got no control make it have nothing to do with, with the story. So I kinda I give him a pass on this one. But it does come up come up in the Stephen King adaptations. So it's yeah, absolutely I, I mean, watching it the other the other week was just it was a horrendous experience. <laughs> like it, it was so boring and, and just, you know, the the it's so of the time of that period where, yeah, we'll we'll make a techno horror flick and we'll just chuck everything at the screen. Oh we'll just God. the technology's got to be, as you said, there's nothing nothing to to date a film like chucking all the tech technology that you can on there. So yes, it's just the experience just doesn't hold up at all. And I don't know, did it ever? I did, no. did, it, did that ever look good? It I don't even did. remember it thinking it looked good in the 90s. I remember seeing, like, the the posters in the 90s and it, it's, you know, the, the idea piqued the interest. But now, like, going back to it, it's just, yeah, it's got very little to offer. The problem with that stuff is that because tech, that those visual effects and that that they were working on weren't out there much, the, the filmmakers just assumed that people want to see this because it, they've never seen anything like it. Because it doesn't, we don't have a lot of visual effects at the moment. This is cutting edge. Yeah. But the problem yep. is, even at cutting edge, it was pretty bad. Like, if I'm the director, I'm looking at those sequences and going, shit, we need to find something to fill some of these gaps and get rid of a bit of this stuff. You look at Terminator 2. You talked about, you know, comparing the effects in Terminator 2. Well, Terminator 2 is showing a man melting into into liquid metal essentially. It looks pretty good as a as as a man forming from liquid metal and then reforming and whatever. That stuff looks pretty good. You could look at it and say, "Yeah, that looks like liquid metal." When you look at the lawnmower man, they chuck a video game on screen 
and everyone knew that that, that was going to age yeah. badly. But when Terminator 2 chucks a liquid metal man on the screen and it looks pretty damn good, there's less of that to happen to it. Yeah. I mean, if it looks pretty, pretty much like liquid metal then, it's going to look like pretty much like liquid metal in 20 years. But I think... Lawnmower Man's going to look like a shit video game in 20 years. If you look at Terminator 2, though, again, looking back on Terminator 2, what they wisely did in Terminator 2 is most of those effects scenes are augmented onto the actual actor and background that is real. So when you see um, that... that, that One of of my favourite bits with the visual effects is where he slips the, the knives through the elevator doors and then goes whoosh, and opens it. Yeah. And it's obviously Robert Patrick, but and he's probably wearing those green gloves or whatever the fuck they were using back then. Yeah. And it's just been augmented over the top, whereas the problem with the lawnmower man is they were sort of saying this is full-on VR technology or whatever. And so yeah. they'd show you these whole sequences that were just inside this VR helmet, and they just looked shocking because they were not attached to anything. <laughs> yeah, they so did. They looked I awful. would agree, after watching Lawnmower Man again, I mean, Christ, I didn't really like it that much in the first place, but it no. went down. No, but I disliked it. I disliked the story. I disliked Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I disliked pretty much everything about it. But the thing so, is, Pierce Brosnan would probably be fairly happy that you were willing to shovel one pile of shit off him and onto Stephen King. <laughs> so yeah, probably, that's right. That's he's probably, right. He's probably very happy with that. I mean, I'm not talking about his fashion sense anymore. So yeah, that's no. that's correct. Yeah, no, definitely. I can I can understand why you put it at number one. Okay, number one. Favourite King Adaption. For me, it's the Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Everything that you said is 100% spot on. They basically took the property and almost did it identically. They made small tweaks and they, they were perfectly pitched. And it's it's sort of sad, uplifting, fucking scary at times. It's, it's just got so much going for it. And it never fails to get me when poor old Brooksy leaves prison. The library bloke. You know, he leaves prison and he goes out yeah. into the world again. It is the most fucking... I, 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 I tear up every yep. single time. And I love the way they try and sort of... They showcase it again when Red leaves. And you sort of go, oh, fuck, you know. It's kind of like it's going, he's going down the same path. It's, it's just... It always hits me. And I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yep. I think it's just everything about it is really, really well done. Yeah, fair enough. I've got no arguments to uh, to throw at that. And I'd say most people would have this as their number one. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I know there's there's a in certain areas a little bit of shines come off it, but I think a lot of people hold it in a pretty high esteem. <laughs> So it would be. I would. I wouldn't go to as far to say it's number. It would be number one on most people's list. I would probably say it'd be top three on most people's list. Mm. As we've sort of seen just chatting about this, there's a lot of a lot of work there and a lot of stuff that King's written connects with people in different ways. So yeah, yeah. What's your number one? My number one Favourite. is actually <clears throat> following 
the consequence of sound guys leads. Stand by me. Ah. Um, yes. Another one of King's sort of uh, non-horror pieces, but probably the peak of, of writing relationships between characters and the coming of age. This is probably the one Stephen King story. I know I've spoken about having seen It when I was quite young, but Stand By Me, I just remember watching forever. Yeah. Like I just remember this movie constantly being a part of my life. And I did go back and read the story when I was about 20. So I've, I read the body. I just think it's just a great bit of work. And it's just, it's got humour. It's got just some feel-good stuff in it, but it's also laced with tragedy and the. Um, yeah. And I think the uh, the voiceover hits more now than ever because you know you're getting to that age. Yes. So you're now. When I was watching it the first time, I was I was the kid's age, and you know you you hear the voiceover and you you think is this what is this what happens? People grow apart and people have shit go on and that you don't see you just remember these little 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 parts and i was living in that time so you, i didn't even that stuff didn't connect as much even though i understood it yeah it didn't connect as much but now that you're at the other end of it and you're more of the daniel stern voiceover point it's a different totally different experience but it still holds those good memories yeah definitely i think you might have got mixed up there mate. i think it's richard dreyfus isn't it Richard Dreyfus, sorry, yeah. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern's I'm talking years. about. I'm talking about the Wonder Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, you get the Dreyfus voice voiceover, and you you sort of connect with it a, a, a whole lot more now. So yeah, I mean, again, it's another one I can watch any time. I love it, um, and I'm not surprised that it would be number one um, on people's lists, just because I think it's it, again it encapsulates a lot of what he does really, really well in his in his writing. Definitely a, a, a favourite of mine. Hmm. All right. Let's just quickly run them back. My, my best in order were Shawshank Redemption, Misery, Storm of the Century, Stand By Me and It Chapter One. They were my favourites. What was yours again? So number one was Stand By Me, two was The Shawshank, three was the It Chapter One, four was Pet Cemetery. five was The Outsider. Okay, and worst, I had the Mangler, <laughs> Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> Graveyard Shift, Under the Dome, and the Lawnmower Man. Yeah, so mine was, I had number one, Lawnmower Man, number two, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, number three, Secret Window, number four, Maximum Overdrive, and number five was the Carry remake. remake. All right, honourable mentions, what else floated and hovered around that top five? Well, I didn't have a I didn't have a whole lot for the worst. Um, no, I kind of settled. I kind of settled there and was just happy with that lot and didn't really didn't really have a whole lot more to mention in the worst there. Although there is there is probably quite a bit floating around there. Yeah, oh, look, um, there's some shit out there for me. I mean, but I had already settled very quickly on what I the ones that I knew. I didn't yeah, like. I was the same. Whereas the best was much much more difficult. So. Again, something more recent. I really enjoyed Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Even though I enjoyed the book more, I felt this, the TV show did a pretty good job, and I still feel it's one of King's best endings. There's just a scene at the end where I think he just absolutely nails nails the landing, just encapsulates it in a in a in a moment. So that was that was one that was on my list. I had the mist yourself floating around. Yes. 
I did too. That was that was actually in my five for a while before mm. I was sort of, you know, doing some shuffling and some back and forth. The mist was definitely in there. Yeah, I enjoyed the mist a lot, and I thought it, it came close to being there. Yep. The other one, which is a bit of a surprise, um, because it's not one of his well-known ones, but I've always enjoyed it, is the Night Flyer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind the Night Flyer. It was it was not near my top five, but I do. I I think it's definitely a a good flick, and it's it's worth a mention. Yeah. Mine. Similar to that would probably be Dolores Claiborne. Yeah. I think that's a pretty solid movie and a good story that really was probably never going to sneak into the top five. It was an, another one that I personally felt was a pretty solid bit of work. Yes. I would agree there. <laughs> you had Misery in there. Yeah. It was pretty close for me. I also had The Green Mile. Yeah, that was there. I've I've got it, sort of mixed feelings about the Green Mile. Yeah, I think it's got some really really good stuff in it. I preferred the book ten times more than the movie. Mm. Yeah, I read the book as well, and uh, it probably is better overall. Yeah. But I was yeah, I was very happy with the movie, and I, I there was a couple of years there where I absolutely loved. Loved the movie and went back to it multiple times. Yeah. But I've given it a bit of distance for the last few years. I mean, I can watch it and I do enjoy it and and all that, but I just, I really love the book. And I thought the book mm. was just more enjoyable. And after seeing the movie, I was kind of like, I liked it, but eh, just didn't quite hit for me. The last ones on my honourable mentions were, and I've never been a huge fan of this, and this is where it's sort of a personal list rather than... Yeah necessarily going on all the merits yep. but I was, I was never a huge fan of The Shining but I felt like it, it it was worthwhile mentioning and being around that sort of that mark if I looked at it and I looked at I've developed more of an appreciation for it over the previous few years but I, I was never it was it was never a personal favourite of, of mine I like it more than Stephen King does I'll put oh, it that he way hates but, it. Um, he hates it he really hates but, it but yeah it was it, it just never resonated with me on 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 a level where I would say it was it was in in my top five. No. Um, and tying into that, again, not close to the top five, but I did feel like Doctor Sleep was worth mentioning because it was one of the more recent ones that I actually did quite enjoy. Yeah. Look, the interesting thing for me is that there are a number of his books that. They've adapted, which which could have been really good, um, but uh, so uh, let's 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 bag these up as kind of disappointments. Not worse, not good, but they were disappointments because they could have been better. The dark half, the George Romero um, adaptation of the dark half, mm-hmm. it had some things going for it. I thought the performance of Timothy Hutton, the dual performance of Timothy Hutton, was pretty good, but it just doesn't resonate like the book does. And it could have gone further, but didn't. And another one that I uh, sort of felt could have been really good, and I really like the book, is Needful Things. Yeah, which isn't a bad movie. No, but it's just not uh, not a classic boy. And I stretch. did read something that King was saying that you know they had initially they had filmed it like a four hour cut of it, and it was much much better. 
but they mm. chopped it down to get it in cinemas to two hours. And he said it doesn't make any sense because they Maybe. had to cut out all this interesting stuff and all the, the, the character backstories and everything that you got from the book. The book is yeah. great. I really love the book. It'd be interesting to see the uh, the whole cut. Maybe Stephen's just angling for another release to, to you know, <laughs> sweeten the pot a little bit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get a little, yeah. more, He's, um, a little more cash. A little more cash in the skyrocket. And there's one, uh, there's one of his novels that has not been adapted yet that I really wish would. And that's from a Buick 8. Yeah, well, isn't that in conversations at the moment? No, look, they're all in conversations. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in conversations somewhere, but I would love to see no, that. I remember reading just recently that that, that was um, on the table somewhere. Because it is a really another one of these supernatural mixed with coming of age stories and... I just really, really liked it. Yeah, I've just had a little read here, and um, it might excite you to 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 know that the man of the two thousands has got his name attached to the Buick Thomas Eight, mate. Jade. Yes. I recently dropped him off after a twenty year contract. Do I pick <laughs> him back up? Is that what yes. I do here? You're picking him back up. <laughs> I signed him to a fresh deal. Um, yes. Look, he's on a one-year contract with a possible extension. Yeah, I think it's up in the air. Look, give him a one-and-one one at, at the team's... <laughs> um, the, the second year is at the team's discretion. Yeah, exactly. So, Although I do believe he was pretty good in that Stephen King one that's on Netflix. Yes, yeah, and I have heard that he's also quite a good, uh, a good little movie to check out. I also haven't seen that other one in the tall grass. Yeah, that was that was one he wrote with his son, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm, I might have to have a bit of a look. I didn't mind Gerald's game either as a little bit of a... Yeah, Gerald's game was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad because I thought, I remember reading the book and thinking, this is, you know, unfilmable, basically. Like, you could, it'd be very difficult to do this. Hmm. But um, I think Mike Flanagan found a way and, and it worked pretty well. Yeah. Mike Flanagan's done some pretty decent work with some things that people felt might <laughs> might have been difficult to get to screen because he did that with, with Dr. Sleep too. He managed yeah. to bridge the gap between the book and the movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's it, mate. That's, that's our thoughts on Stephen King's best and worst. Adaptions. You can find us on Spotify and Podomatic and all those uh, podcasting, the best podcasting places. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia, uh, and on Instagram at Thrill Me Podcast AU. Again, as we said last episode, please give us a rate and a review. That's our you know, Christmas wish. But uh, what, I don't know what we're doing. Oh, that's right. No, we've already spoken about this. We're doing Red Heat, aren't we? Yeah, Red Heat. Yes. And then we're going to get into some Christmas fare. Ah, yes. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Yeah. I Silent Night sh- won't be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you recently watched that. How did that go for you? Yep. Yeah, not not good. Not well. It was, certainly wasn't a Silent Night because nah, I was swearing yeah. my head off. And thinking, up. Oh, shit. What is this? <laughs> But red heat next episode, but until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers.
find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.